Please be seated for our Bible reading. The reading is taken from Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse 13. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, It is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it was just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are! How slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared! Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory. Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? 
that same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Shall we pray? Oh Lord Jesus, just open our eyes to recognize and to see you alive, present with us now, and powerfully at work. Yes, come Lord Jesus, and just reveal more of yourself to each one of us. Amen. Well, that Emmaus story which Stuart has just uh, read to us, uh, I I, I must confess, in many respects, is my favorite uh, resurrection account. Do you know why? I I just love the picture of Jesus just casually catching up uh, with Cleopas and his traveling companion. And I've always wondered, was it Mrs. Cleopas with him? We don't know, actually, do we? Uh, And then Jesus innocently asking what they were discussing uh, so seriously. And I just sense as I read that uh, over again and as I've read it in the past and heard it read to me, uh, I just sense that Jesus was smiling inside at the huge surprise of it all and the joy that all who'd been devastated by his death would soon experience. St. Luke tells us that Jesus himself just came up and walked alongside uh, with them. Yes, you see, Jesus caught up with them because he wanted to connect and commit. And he asks them questions in order to build a rapport with them. He asks them the question, what are you discussing together? You see, as he's asking so that they can answer, and how quick they are to respond as they share with him what is that living memory that they have and the reality of the present situation that they're in. Oh, yes, they'd been hoping, they'd been waiting for this man, Jesus of Nazareth, to be the savior and deliverer of Israel. Oh, but this hope... This dream had just now died on a cross. And it had been buried in a tomb. And as they speak, I hope you picked it up, theirs is a language of, of despair. Their faces are downcast. They're confused. They're struggling as they just try to link up the hopes and the memories of the past with the reality of what has just happened three days before. But how lovingly, how caringly, Jesus just elicits from them all that was making them anxious, 
all that perplexed them, all those mixed emotions that they had. And Jesus just gently coaxed them into telling him all that was in their heart. And then, oh, having walked with them and listened to them and taken time to understand what they'd experienced and how they feel now, the moment had come for him to speak. And he didn't reveal his identity, did he? Didn't tell them who he was. He simply opened up the scriptures to them. And as they continue on their walk together, he explains to them how all that has happened fits exactly with what was prophesied in the scriptures. And yet, they do not understand. Amazing, isn't it? They don't understand. And Jesus appears to be prepared to leave it there. there. And as they approach Emmaus, he acts as if he's going on further. You see, he isn't going to press them if they aren't ready for more. And you know, no way does Jesus force himself on them. And no way does he ever force himself on us. In patient love, he's always waiting to be invited in. And we read how the clear passes, as it were, urged Jesus to stay. They all went in and they sat down to a simple, probably a rather frugal meal. And Jesus did what he always did. He gave thanks for his father's provision and asked a blessing. And in that act, he just revealed himself to be far more than the traveling companion who'd walked with them and the teacher who taught them. He was the living Christ himself. You see, they'd opened their home to him, inviting him in, in a way, opening their lives to him. And now, he opened their eyes. Oh, I prayed at the beginning, Lord Jesus, open our eyes. We will see more of Jesus. So when we invite him in, that we see more of him. How we need to appreciate that there is this enormous gulf between head knowledge and heart knowledge. Cleopas and his friend had perfect head knowledge about Jesus. They knew that he was a prophet. They knew that he was the one who administered in word and deed, that he was the hope of redemption for Israel, that he'd been crucified. Oh, they'd even heard of the empty tomb and that angels have said that Jesus is alive. But for them, there had been no heart awareness So no heart response from them. No heart response until they experience for themselves the risen Jesus. It's in Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 that we read, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. And that was an experience in real terms for Cleopas and his friend. 
Do you know that was a personal experience for me too? There has to be a door opening. There has to be that door opening exercise on our part. Or we may have all the head knowledge and good as that may be. Jesus will always remain a distant figure. It's when we open the door and invite him in that head knowledge becomes heart knowledge. It's as we hear that personal word and meet with the living Christ that all the facts that are stored up here become alive here. You know, meeting with Jesus is sometimes referred to as conversion. You know, conversion literally means about turn or completely changing direction. Meeting with Jesus just turns the world upside down and its values upside down. You see, Cleopas and his friend were heading downcast in one direction, returning to their humdrum daily routine. But having met with Jesus, they about turn. And with joy now in their hearts, they go, they go to share the good news that Jesus was alive and they'd met him. They're no longer footsore and weary and downcast. In that life-changing encounter, their whole being has been captivated by the life-giving, risen Jesus. And St. Luke tells us, at that same hour, we don't even know how late it was. It's the end of the day. But they got up there and then and returned to Jerusalem. They had exciting news to share and just couldn't wait to tell others. Oh, you know, as I reread that Emmaus account several times when preparing for today, I just found myself reliving the day when my head knowledge of Jesus transferred into a heart awareness in that moment when I opened the door of my life and invited Jesus in. Jesus became very real to me. And I knew that I'd met with the living Lord. I can remember my heart pounding, boom, 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 with a realization that he'd spoken to me and he'd called me to follow him. He was truly alive and wanted to be my friend and my Lord. And that day, I gave my life to him. I can't recall doing a clear pass and running around the parish to share with everyone the, the good news. But I'm glad that over the years, there have been many opportunities to tell others about my Jesus. But you know, having just celebrated and rejoiced on Resurrection Sunday, or a, a week ago now, and we sang once again, we sang for the first time for, for many weeks, we sang... Jesus Christ is risen today. Alleluia. And you know, how I need to regain the freshness and excitement of Cleopas and his friend to share something of the Easter story and to make Jesus known to others. You know, what about all of you who are worshipping with me this morning? 
Are you going into this coming week to proclaim Christ in word and deed and by the way you live? Are others going to see in us that Jesus is alive and indeed alive in us? One final thing as I close. Do you know when I see how Jesus spoke to them the words of scripture how we must and the effect it had on them we must never underestimate the power of God's word the power of scripture in verse 38 Cleop has asked weren't our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road while he was opening the scriptures to us Yes, there's power in the name of Jesus. But there's so much power in God's word. Not only is it the fountain of knowledge and the foundation of our Christian faith, but over and over again, it prepares the soil of the heart, making it receptive to welcome Jesus. God's word warms hearts. It comforts them and enlivens their spirit. This last week, I don't know if any of you uh, listened to uh, Spring Harvest online, but this last week as I listened to Mustafa speaking at Spring Harvest, he told us how in prolonged solitary confinement in Iran, imprisoned for being a Christian, denied a Bible, he repeatedly quoted to himself Bible verses which he'd learned, God's word, and how this just made the love and the presence of Jesus powerfully real to him in his cell. John Wesley wrote in his journal of the evening when he went unwillingly to a meeting and heard the passage in the epistle to the Romans about the change which God works in the heart through faith in Christ. And that evening, God's word so warmed his heart that he had the assurance that he trusted Christ and Christ alone for salvation. And remember how Jesus quoted God's word when he was tempted by Satan for 40 days. The power of God's word was far greater than anything the devil could throw at him. And how we must never ever be embarrassed to wield the sword of the spirit. Ephesians chapter 6, the sword of the spirit, God's word. And to boldly do so, both in attack and defense. And you know, as we move into... Uh, this new week uh, thinking back of how the clear passage just went off to tell others may we share Jesus uh, and be refreshed in our enthusiasm and eagerness to do so and have that confidence in God's word as we quote scripture with a sensitivity that recognizes the right time and the right place, and of course the right dosage. Oh, come on, let's pray.
Oh, we worship you, our glorious risen Lord, alive and reigning forever. Oh, pour out now your resurrection power on us, your children, that we may live each day serving you in spirit and in truth to your glory and the building of your kingdom. Oh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.